Hello everyone, this is your favorite Drive to Survive fan. We're back again for a race recap. This week, well, last weekend, it was the Silverstone Grand Prix. So, as always, grab your favorite snack, a glass of water, a cup of tea or coffee, or a shot of your favorite alcohol if you're a desperate Ferrari fan, just like me. And let's get going! So, we have a lot to talk about this week. Sometimes I'm very happy that I'm recording this around the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uploading this on Thursdays. But when the week that we have is as full in terms of like pure F1 content, so the race, like everything that happened over Silverstone, but also so, so full in terms of drama that my head will explode it is yeah it, it is too much to gather everything on uh, one episode so i think we'll try to touch upon everything and i'm gonna start with the biggest news of the week that has nothing to do with um what happened in silverstone well kind of but not really um also, I'm in like my parents' room to record this. I have the I have the window open just in front of me uh, because it is fucking hot in France right now. Um, I hope the acoustic is not too weird, and I hope you don't hear the people like in the street that much on the audio. I don't think so, but we never know. Um, but yeah, I'm very comfy here. I think it's the best. Like my parents live left me their room um, for me to record this because like it is the most um, e it's the easiest place in our flat in Paris to record so anyway nobody cares I'm in my very very comfy Captain America shirt uh, merch um, I think at the camera you cannot really see what it is written on it but like it's a uh, half of Captain America shield and the other half is like the design of Bucky's uh, metal arm and then there is written I'm with you till the end of the line obviously and on the behind um, can I show it to you I might pull up a picture because I'm I'm a bit too lazy to actually stand up um, I'll try to remind this I, I have to remind myself about this at the end of the episode anyway so yeah, I'm very comfy right now, but um, the sound might be a bit different because the, well, the room is way better than mine, obviously, because they are still living in Paris, I'm not. And even before I was a child, so who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, but then the, ac uh, the acoustic of the room is a bit weird. Anyway, um, yeah, biggest news, Daniel Ricciardo is back. Nothing to do with Silverstone, but I needed to get it out of my system. And I just want to say it right now for the people that are listening. Daniel Ricciardo will be racing in Hungary for the Hungarian GP, which is next week. Uh, right now we are Thursday, so yeah, we are Thursday 13. And next episode will mostly be, de be dedica dedicated to that. So we'll talk in depth about what happened with Daniel, but 
I want to mention, I want to keep it like kind of centered to what happened in Silverstone because it's not like this, the race was boring or anything. That was the most entertaining weekend in Formula 1 um, since the beginning of the season. I think it is part of the top GPs when you think about it. Like For me, in my head, well, I'm biased on this one because Monaco is actually my favorite track. So one of my favorite tracks. It's also because I don't have a home race because they took out the French GP. Because obviously it's a way less fancy than Las Vegas GP. Fuck's sake, I'm so sorry. I don't want to beat on American fans at all or American races at all. I'm just very bitter about the fact that there are no French GP. And the 2024 calendar is, has been released last week and still no French GP. I am furious. I want a home. I want a home race weekend. I want a home race weekend so bad. Please. Le Castellet is a great track. I mean, the track is not the best. Like I, I like in terms of like the the the, um, the design of the track is. I mean, it's an old track. It's kind of like Silverstone. But yeah, I I get it. It is not very fancy, Le Castellet. It's not the fanciest place in France. All right, I get it. There are a lot of noise outside of my house. I think I'm gonna die of heat but i will close the window because people are going crazy we are the 13th of july um tomorrow is um our national day in france so and people used to party a lot also the day before it is um named as um how can we say the prom of the fireman <laughs> the yeah the prom the I'm gonna close the window, wait a sec. Anyway, so yeah, um, it is known as the prom of the fireman uh, this moment in like the, the the night before the... Oh my god, <laughs> how to figure this out. Um, so yeah, the night before uh, the actual national day, um, we have, yeah, the fireman prom, I guess, and it is like everyone party also day before. The 13th and the 14th of July. So that's why there was a lot of noise in the street. And also I'm kind of... In Paris, I live near a very touristic area. So, well, places where tourists love to go. So, not always traffic. I mean, I live in Paris. What do I expect? Anyway, let's focus back to... Oh yeah, I'm mad about the French GP. I don't know when we're gonna see French GP again. I think it will not be soon, fortunately, because even the French government is not really fighting for Formula One, which is completely dumb. Like, it is not one of the most, um, it is actually one of the least advertised sport when you think about it. Even though our French channel and like the presenter in France for the for, for Formula One are very, very famous and like w really well known in, in also even in the Formula One industry, like the, the French channel um, and the French like um, um, entity, like the French firm that owns Formula One, uh, like th that diffuse Formula One and kind of own the, the, the rights of Formula One is very well known in France and like yeah, they are very famous, but 
the, the French government don't really care. I mean, like, it was the 10 year, the 10 years of Formula One during the Barcelona GP. So the 10 years of Barcelona, of, of oh my God, the 10 years of Formula One diffused on that French channel um, f during the Barcelona GP. And they made a whole like kind of documentary where actually Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon were talking in it and like explaining how they know the presenter and like how this team grew up through the years because for them, like they were very proud to have a French channel that is that much developed and that, that, that famous and that um, well recognized and appreciated um, in the paddock um, by, by, by the drivers and by the Formula One teams. And they actually made this whole like little clip, funny clip with Albert de Monaco, which is the, the king of Monaco. So that how much France and Formula One is separated. Like they actually made the promotion of this little documentary for the 10 years anniversary of Formula One on this specific um, TV channel um, with Albert de Monaco. And now, as you all know, and as our deep, our lovely and wonderful Charles Leclerc say all the time, he is not French, he is Monégasque. Monaco is not France. Yeah, whatever, Charles. <laughs> if you want to. No, I mean, he's right. Technically, he's so right. But it is just in terms of, like, barriers. Like, it's just one step away from each other. Anyway. So, like, yeah. France is not really good with Formula 1. Um, and it, they are not trying to build a real, um, a real love around the sport. Uh, as it can be seen in other countries. So, yeah. I don't think there will be a French GP soon. Um, and that breaks my heart. That is mentioned. So, um, can we maybe start directly? I think it is the quickest pre-subject. Like, it is the quickest intro I ever made for this podcast. Like, we are jumping in for the race recap. And we are 10 minutes in. Wow, I'm getting really good at this. So Silverstone, honestly, loved every second of it. I think it was such a great race and so entertaining. And um, as I told you in the previous episode, I love Silverstone um, just as much as Monaco because of all the, like, how people get so excited and, like, how it is such a, a big, big race also outside of the track because of its history and even in general, like the fans in Britain for Formula One are just insane. Um, they are so, so good, even though, I mean, French fan in any sports, we're just, we just do things better, but that's maybe a bit biased. However, it does not mean that it's false. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't clicked yet. I'm French. Um, I mean, I said it, I think, I think there is not one episode that I don't mention that I'm French. Anyway, um, so back to, back to Silverstone. Um, the free practice, I watched free practice one and I watched free practice three. Um, wait, did I watch free practice three? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But I, 
didn't watch Free Practice 2 because I was at the movie theater with a friend to re-watch uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse um, with her. Um, I love that movie so much. Anyway, and I go out of the... I turn... Well, my phone was off, obviously, because I'm in the movie theater. And I turn on my phone again. Like, I take off the do not disturb uh, thing on. Like, I switch it on. And... Like, I have so many friends, like, texting me. Like, I see notification blowing up everywhere. And I'm like, what is happening? And, like, I have friends that, that are, like, I, I, I know because my Formula One friends, even if we know each other from high school or for uni, does have the Formula One, like, little emoji next to their name because I just know I'm talking Formula One with them all the time. And, like, I don't put like initials, like I don't put surname in the initials in my, in like in my context. I only put names with an emoji that will, in my mind, remind me of someone. Like for example, I know a lot of Zoe's, um, I ha- like I know three type of Zoe, but I know that my friend from high school with which I watched Formula One has a Formula One car. And the other Zoe, which is a friend of the family, has like a, a, a little anyway she has another emoji I will not I will not expose her like that because I cannot explain why her her emoji is that emoji without exposing her anyway so yeah and like each emoji clicks something in my head so I see so many notification with the Formula One car and I'm like what happened in that race and I and my friend I was watching the movie with is not a Formula One fan so I'm like Wait a sec, I think something happened. I think something happened during pre- free practice too. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what what the hell was that? And I just like say, let's sit, let's we need to sit in the movie theater. Like sit. We're not we're not moving until I find out what's happening. And like one of my friends of Zoe that was telling you just before, just sent me like, oh my god, are you okay? And I'm like what do you mean? Am I okay? And immediately in my head it goes, Shall crashed. Shall put the goddamn fairy in the wall. That's the only thing that goes straight through my mind. But I cannot find anything. Like, no, um, I have the F1 app with, like, the notifications on every time there is, a, like, a report or anything. I have the, the, the notification also on. So if Charles Leclerc did, in, did indeed crash, I would have had a notification on my phone. There is no notification from F1. I go quickly on Instagram because I'm also with a friend. So like I don't, I don't want to bother her because obviously we're, we're together and we're, she's not a Formula 1 fan. So she really don't need to suffer from my own bullshit. And I'm like, what, what is happening? And she is so... Like, also my friend is so invested to me finding out because she's like, so what happened? Did he crash? Did he crash? And I said, no, I don't know. I don't think so. It will be written everywhere if he did crash. And she was like, oh, so that's, that's, that's a good thing. But what, why would you think he crashed? And I said, because he does it quite often. <laughs> Unfortunately, Charles has this tendency to do so good and so well and then bam in the wall. I know it didn't, like, if we look at the statistics, it didn't happen that much, but it always happened when all the eyes are turned in his direction. And that's why everyone is like, 
Charles, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's, it's a perfect example of, like, Monaco and Charles. He has the Monaco curse, but there is this one wall he crashed in 2022. He crashed only once the car there. And during the Monaco GP, it was written, don't, Charles, don't touch the wall or don't crash into the wall at the exact area. But then if we look at the statistics, Max Verstappen crashed way more often in Monaco than Charles ever did. But because it's Charles and it's Monaco, of course, every goddamn eyes were turned in his, in his direction. So when he crashed, it just stuck in all, like, it stuck in everyone's mind that Charles did crash in Monaco last year during quality. Anyway, so I'm like explaining, trying to explain to my friend that why <laughs> am I thinking immediately Charles crashed. And on my way home, I was walking home, I made a TikTok. And thank God, guys, so many people answered me so fast in my comments. Um, especially Lena from our little F1 girlies group um, on WhatsApp. Lena, before I was even join, before I joined this group chat with other F1 girlies content creator, she like she was answering and like telling me immediately what everything happened during Free Parks too, and I was so grateful because I was losing my mind and I was like oh my god so what happened during free practice too Charles couldn't drive at all because he did had car issues and like the, the car like it was they said electrical problems so the car wouldn't start and and I was just like that sounds such like it's such an issue that sh that seems like it would never happen at an F1 team because my car never starts properly like, that's something that could happen to me. Like, oh, um, yeah, something burned inside of, like, the engine of my car and now it won't start at all. But it feels like for a Formula 1 team to have, like, this kind of problem, it must be really bad because for me it's impossible that the car just don't start. Like, the car won't start or won't start properly or won't go straight because of electrical problems. Seems crazy in my mind. And I think that this um, this issue is actually simply because um, Mattia Binotto was back in the paddock. I think he brought bad luck to Charles during the whole weekend. The whole goddamn weekend. The guy was 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 there and I think he's the black cat. Like I think he's he he he, he is the one sending curse not to Ferrari but to Charles. I think since Silverstone 2022 he has been cursing Charles forever and ever. Like he has been like this the way he wiggled the way he has the audacity to wiggle his dirty little finger in Charles' face was actually his way of cursing him. Like I don't know which kind of witchcraft uh, which kind of weird witchcraft he's using, but I'm sure I, I can a hundred percent affirm as if as if I could actually a hundred percent affirm. He cursed our lovely Lord Percival since that day. He was like, You do not talk to me like that. And you know what? You will never ever win again because you're whining all in my ears for the two hours races in Silverstone. I'm pretty sure he 
really cursed him. And the fact that he was back one year later, literally one year later, back in Silverstone, that just put all the bad luck, like, even worse than it could be. Like, everything. On Charles' shoulders. He did manage to do some uh, proper result at Quali with Carlos. I think they got P4 and P5 in Quali. Which, oh my god, Quali. The Quali of Silverstone. We need to talk about that, how crazy it was. But before that, um, the Williams were fucking mental in, in free practice too. Like, I missed... The absolute peak of the Williams. And I'm so mad because you know how much I care about Logan Sargent. And I hope he will do well every week. And even if he's not in my favorite drivers and he's not even my favorite rookie. I'm still out there being like, come on, Logan. Do well. Do well. I wish him only the best to Logan. And I missed it. I missed Logan Sargent doing well. I'm so mad. The only time the man goes further P... Like, goes higher than P15. I missed it. He got P5 and Alex Albon got P3. How crazy is that? Like, I would have gone mental. Completely lose it. Like, even more than when we thought Lando was having Paul for Sunday. Like, seeing Logan P5, I would have cried. And I don't even... He's not even in my top 10 drivers. And I will still have cried for Logan Sargent doing so well. I was like, how can I miss this? Like, how is this possible? Fuck's sake. I should have known it would be a painful weekend since Friday. Because this weekend was actually painful from the beginning till the end and I'm still not over the pain yet because with all the info we are getting right now like silly season is like officially silly season starts only in two weeks guys what is going on (laughs) what is going on anyway um so yeah let's move on to quali because that's that's where the big deal goes quali um, well, they gave me anxiety. Ferrari gave me anxiety again with the tire strategy. I'm so done. Like, they literally gave me anxiety. I was shaking. Like, all my body was shaking while watching Q1. I was like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? Why did they not put them? Like, I didn't understand one single tire choice they made. And, like, it started to rain heavily. Charles wanted to stay out. (laughs) And I was like, are you trying to... Like, he was... Like, I'm pretty sure it was just for his own self-confidence. And his own, like, trust and love for himself. He was like, I'm staying out. I'm staying out. And we're going to put slicks. I'm trying to, to do Charles Leclerc accent. I cannot do Charles Leclerc because... That would just be me if I had the French accent. So I don't think I can do an impression of any of the French drivers. A squirrel! Oh, I can actually do Esteban. <laughs> a squirrel! I can actually do Esteban. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll keep that on in my sleeve if I need to. Yeah, whatever. I, it always comes back to Esteban. <laughs> 
comes back to Esteban. <laughs> I cannot let the man go. <laughs> Everything comes back to Esteban. <laughs> oh my god, all my friends are done. Because they're like, Charles is your favorite driver, which is true. Charles is my favorite driver, but I generally talk only about Esteban. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I do know why. He's my protege. My protege, let's say it in the right way. Why did I put a um, fake American accent to say a French word? Like, Esteban is my protege. I will, like, like he can do no wrong in my mind and in my own delulu <laughs> delulu i love to say it that way it sounds so more it sounds fancier in english than in french delulu delulu is not very pretty but delulu anyway <laughs> the heat is getting to my brain <laughs> i am not functioning correctly so yeah um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, it always comes back to Esteban. And, yeah, Esteban can do no wrong. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah. So, Charles out in the wet with sleeks. And I was like, this is so bad. This is so bad. This could be the biggest embarrassment of Charles. And that will be his last thread. Imagine him alone on the track under the, the, under the rain in sleeks. And he asked, and everyone heard him asking to stay out. And he crash in the gravel or into the wall. Just imagine the embarrassment. I don't think I could ever forgive, like forget and move on if that happened. Like I would have died on the spot. My family is already making enough fun. Like my mother is always making fun of Charles constantly just to piss me off. And like, she's like, she doesn't understand, for example, she doesn't understand that in free practice, we don't care about which position, like, the names are. We only care about the time, and it depends, like, it's just, like, putting time after the other and getting data. So every time I was watching free practice, she was looking at me and saying, like, oh, Charles is 15. I mean, what did he do? Like, did he crash? And I'm like, no, mom. No, don't bring that back again, and don't bring bad luck to Charles. Don't... Put, like, don't manifest out there in the universe, Charles is going to crash. Like, don't do this. And we don't care about his position right now because it's not quality and it's not the race, mom. So, yeah, um, I was so scared. But he sounded so, like, it sounded so robotic the way he said, like, I'm staying out. It was not up to discussion. And I think Xavi heard it. I think, Actually, Charles should keep that voice all the time and this tone when he's talking to Xavi. So Xavi just shut the fuck up. Finally. Oh, and by the way, when Xavi shut the fuck up at the right time. Oh, no impeding and no problem with other drivers. And only for Charles because Carlos did have issues with other drivers. Um, but yeah, so maybe Xavi, just learn to talk when we ask you to. Like... Do not talk to say, we are checking, we are checking, we'll come back to you. We don't want to hear that anymore, Xavi. We don't, we don't want our track limit. We don't want to hear that anymore. We just want to hear you saying to Charles, there is someone behind you, Charles. That's the only thing we are asking you to, Xavi. Rest of the time, shut the fuck up because you're literally the worst strategist ever. Also, in quality, 
Oh, it, it, it does hurt me to say this because he is out now. Oh my God, that's terrifying. I didn't think of that. But yeah, um, Nick DeVries was actually <laughs> doing good this weekend in Silverstone during Quali. I mean, it wasn't the best, but it was definitely better. It wasn't awful. It was definitely better. I think he went until Q2. Yeah, he definitely not did Q. He did. He definitely did not went to Q1, but he did got into Q2, which is rare. Which is rare. He didn't. I. I don't think he qualified out of Q3 for like Canada for sure. He was out. I mean, he hasn't been that good in quali either. So, really, just seeing Nick De Vries, like having a, 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 a like a, a good time was amazing i was really proud i was really happy well not proud but very happy for him but that didn't matter because he's out <laughs> bye bye um i'm 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 a bit i'm a bit harsh on the man i mean i'm it's not that i don't like him i mean he he's all right i just i'm still not over the comment of about yuki i'm not gonna lie and he was very cocky in interview, which I didn't like. Um, I mean, I understand you need to be the, like, just like I said for George Russell, you need to be that arrogant motherfucker that does believe he's the best. But however, Nick was in this very specific position where we all knew that the team was just counting the days until they kick him out. So being that cocky on camera while you know your days are counted maybe not the brightest idea especially when like i remember he was actually interviewed by the french tv and he was like like do you feel the pressure of what Elmut marco said and stuff like that and blah, blah blah and he was like well i felt the pressure since race one but it's 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 normal and no i don't feel pressured at like that much and i'm like nick what the fuck are you saying you don't feel pressured well you should feel pressured and I'm pretty sure he does feel pressured, but having this very over cockiness, I don't think that really helped with his case. I think he should like maybe be not like, not sounded like he doesn't trust himself and he think he's the worst driver ever. Maybe don't say that you don't feel that much pressure on your shoulders. Like, it is a normal amount of pressure just being a Formula 1 driver. Because that is true. But you, my guy, you're having way more pressure than any other drivers on the grid. Let me tell you that. Um, Hamilton did spin. Also, Hamilton got me worried. Because, like, lap 1, Q1, let's fucking go. Hamilton out spinning. I thought he was crashing in the wall. I saw my life roll through my eyes, I was like, I could not handle Lewis Hamilton starting P20 at his home race. However, we might have had like a Brazil, a Brazil 2021 back again, which would have been like literally mental. I would have lost my mind. So yeah, and Quali, honestly, um, the most, like, the thing with Quali is that usually it's entertaining during the whole quali, but actually it was kind of boring this time, except the last three minutes. They got me like in in sweats in the last three minutes. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. 
the men that you both are. Oh my goodness, these last three minutes were crazy. My mother was sitting next to me on the couch in the living room because like, um, she said it also on Sunday, but she was like, you are so invested in like what you are watching that other people simply cannot do something else and pretend you don't exist. Not because I shout or like I, I do shout and scream at my TV, but also because I am doing so much comments at the minute and like be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? That, that people around me just want to watch what I'm watching because it seems like I'm watching the most entertaining stuff ever, which in my word it is. But when you... Anyway, I managed to gather the attention of my father and my mother, who were both looking at the TV. My father had clue of what was happening. My mother, as I told you, watched Formula One, but now she doesn't know any name except Hamilton, Alonso, Charles, and that's it. Like, that's the three names she knows because I talk about them all the time. The other, like, she knows Carlos and Pierre and Esteban out of, like, blabbers that I would say. But the last three minutes, I shouted, throw pillows everywhere. I almost, like, tried to take my hair out of my, of my skull. Like, I was, the last three minutes of Q3, Lando, pull. I was out of words and common sense because that was the most crazy thing I ever seen in my life. I I screamed from the top of my lungs, start to jump everywhere. Then Oscar, boom, P2. Start to lose it completely. Like, absolutely. Like, my parents looked at me and were like, she is going to break something or kill herself. Like, I didn't know how to process. Like, my body didn't know what to do. I was just jumping everywhere, screaming. And then Max arrived and got the pole again. And I felt like my own world collapsed because I was already picturing... Um, <laughs> I was already picturing um, Lando flying off and be alone on the pole, like P1, P2. Like I was already seeing the finish line where it would be Lando in P1. Um, well, no, because Max Verstappen had to be here. That little, very, very talented bastard. I love Max, honestly. I really grew fond of him recently. Not recently, but like... Anyway, my love for Max keeps increasing. Um, race after race, um, even if my hate for Red Bull and Elmer Marco is keeps also increasing race after race. So that 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 might be why like it, it's balanced and I don't support Red Bull. It's because I do love Max more, but actually I do hate Helmut Marco even more. It keeps going and going and going. I'm still not over Pierre Gasly. I am still very much <laughs> <laughs> I'm very mad. I'm very, very mad. And I will never be not mad about this story, I think. Anyway, um, he got Daniel Ricciardo back, so I might want to shut up. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, last three minutes. And when Max got pulled, I like... Oh, if, I, if I was alone at that moment, I would have dropped 
to my knees and like screamed in the most theatrical way, like, no! Being a very, th- I'm a theater kid, so <laughs> I would have just go like, no! And just roll and start to collapse on the floor. But my parents were there and I have a little bit of pride. So I just like went on, grab a pillow and throw it. And I was like, this goddamn man cannot let us be happy once in our life. Because honestly, I know I don't talk. Like, I don't know. I know I'm not very vocal about Lando Norris. But I do love Lando that a lot. Um, I love to say that Lando is my best friend, best friend. Like my best friend, bestie. Because my best friend, like... When we were, when I introduced her to, to Formula One, when I tried to convince her, well, she watched the Barcelona Grand Prix with me, but I had to convince her to actually watch the the, the Barcelona Grand Prix with me, and I made a PowerPoint because George Russell is my guy, George Russell, the man that you are, um, yeah, I I was just like I had I have to make a PowerPoint. Facts. I have to make a PowerPoint for that. And on that PowerPoint, I saw her, I showed her like which duo in the Formula One world we are. So, like, for example, um, I am Carlos, she is Charles, but also I'm Daniel Ricciardo and she is Lando Norris. And so that's why Lando is her bestie because she since I told her that she's really like, well, she's more, no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say the driver she's actually exactly like, because I know she's listening to the pod. Um, she might be the only consistent listener that I have every week, but she is listening to the pod. And I told her, I don't want to tell her yet. I want her to start the sport first before I try to, um, explain to her why she is that person anyway um so yeah she uh, why oh yeah lando yeah yeah i know i'm not very vocal about lando and how much i love him but i do love the guy i love him very much it goes up and down with lando but i'm i'm, I'm very much in my carlos lando era right now um even if my well esteban i'm always in my esteban era i'm the stbst defender um it is publicly known that i'm the stbst defender um, I'm in, in charge of that. Um, if you see something mean about Esteban or, or Pierre, report it to me and I'll come fight for them. I'm here. My neighbors are trying to break something. Like, what are they doing? They are jumping their life. No, no, that sounded very bad. It's not what you think. Get your minds out of the gutter. Um, yeah, so I was very happy for Lando. Like, really, really, really happy. Got me a bit emotional. I'm emotional at every race, but this, the fact that Lando was P2, it got me very emotional. Um, and it was, like, so intense and so, like, it was so fast. Like, but the thing is, like, Lando said his time and it was checkered flood for him. Oscar arrived literally one or two sec- seconds after him, checkered flag, and we see P1, P2. And Max is a bit later, so we have actually the time to th- all imagine 
that lander will stay p1 like we are all there that's why the crowd also go f mental and go ballistic is also because of that like because we have this like little gap of five seconds before max crosses the line where we can all think that we're actually gonna win like well we we yeah yeah we as a community that want to see another driver winning other than max <laughs> no shame no shades to him though but yeah uh we have this little lapse where we actually like i actually believed i was like there is no way max catch up his time there is no way right there is no way right <laughs> well actually it did it did happen he did he did beat his time and yeah that was probably one of the most dramatic moments of my life i almost dropped my knees and started to cry on the floor screaming crying on the bathroom floor yeah totally i would have done it i would have done it um one also when i tell you that carlos has been fighting all weekend with everyone he has also been fighting with shal during quali and that that actually um Caught, caught my attention. I was really focused on that during the whole thing, um, during the whole um, quality session, except for Q1. I was really, really paying attention because the tension were really high between Shal and Carlos. Like, it was high, high, high. Like, um, yeah, Carlos overtook Shal. So basically, the thing is, like, we didn't saw the image, the footage in the right order. So we only saw first Carlos overtaking Charles. Um, I think it was not during, maybe it was during a yellow flag. By the way, we need to open the case Magnuson. We need to open that case because I don't know what's happening with K-Mag. I, I, I mean, I prefer, I, I always said that I prefer Nico Hulkenberg. Um, I don't have beef with Magnuson, but... I don't know. I'm always on Nico's side, so I'm on. I'm I'm a Nico gal in terms of Hass. Um, K Max seems like he's lovely and he's adorable as his daughter, but I genuinely, um, I love the cursed drivers. I think <laughs> I love the cursed drivers like Charles in Monaco and Nico with podiums. I think I love the cursed drivers. <laughs> I love the drivers that looks like they will never make it, but. You still have hope every goddamn time. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Um, I think it was during a yellow flag um, of Magnussen because he did crash during quali. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was during quali, but it was also during the race. So happened twice. <laughs> anyway, it was during a time everyone was going slowly and going back to the pit. And, and and Carlos overtook and it was a real big pack in one of like the curve and Carlos overtook Charles in, in the inside of that curve and Charles went on the radio be like well thanks Carlos for that overtake on the intern like he was like well thanks Carlos being the most sarcastic French guy I ever met oh my god I love petty French people <laughs> I love how petty we are and how sarcastic we are we are so yeah um uh, that's amazing i love it i just love love that <laughs> so yeah um 
Carlos overtook Charles. And when I watched it, I was like, why would he do that? Why would he overtook during that slow time? Like, it was very a moment when nothing was important going on. Like, like it, it would have... It's not like he was in a bad position and he, he could have been kicked out of Q2. Because it was in Q2, I guess. Yeah, it was in Q2 or Q3. Like, it's not like he was in danger. It's just, it's just like he overtook him and nobody got it. Like, it was kind of a very dangerous move. Like, Shaq possibly could not see him and would have crashed into him. So I was like, why would you do that, Carlos? And also, Shaq is your teammate. Like, it is so weird, you know? And then there's a replay of, like, in the pit lane um, where the team asked to Carlos to let Charles go through first, like, inside of the pit lane. The team asked to Carlos to move aside so Charles gets in, like, gets first, like, go out of the pit first. And Charles, and Carlos had to run into a puddle of water. Um and he was like saying on the radio like guys my tires are fucked up like thank you very much for asking me to let Shaw pass through like now my tires are fucked up and like the french the french interviewer um the french guy who was commentating not julien febro but franck montagny who was also f1 driver back in the days um said that it wouldn't have changed anything that Carlos rolled in that puddle of water, but it was very dangerous to like overtake inside of the pit lane, which is right because there is barely space for like one car and asking a driver to move out of the way so another can pass through. Um, it's so weird. Like, why would you like just ask to Carlos to let Shal go when they exit the pit lane? But exit actually the pit lane. Like, why would they let him overtook? Like, why would they ask him inside of the pit lane, at the end of the pit lane, to, like, overtake Carlos and let him pass? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's very much, like, showing how Charles is, like, the driver number one in Ferrari. And I think the complaint of Carlos about the power of water was not really about, like, the tires being fucked. Because I think Carlos knows better than anyone. I mean, Carlos is his own engineer. So he knew that the tires wouldn't, like, be damaged, affected by running inside of, like, in the puddle of water. I mean, it could have been. I'm not an engineer. I don't know. But I genuinely believe, just like Franck Montagny said, that um, it, would, it wouldn't have changed anything to his tires. But however, the difference is that Franck Montaigne was like, yeah, he's whining for nothing. Why would he whine and stuff like that? I do get it why he would whine because I think it's not the first time and I think PTSD, Silverstone 2022. Like, I think um, that's the most perfect example of like how much a team can fuck up a driver or try to fuck up their own driver just to to make their fa- their driver number one win. Like, it is, it is crazy. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, that, that was so, so weird. And, like, it it got me worried. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? What, what, what the hell? No, 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 please don't fight. Don't fight. Don't fight. 
I cannot take it. We we had a kind of a similar situation in Australia, where apparently Carlos was like all the time um, ruining Charles' um, lap time in quali. And then they actually fought and like we saw them like having an, an, an argument in the background of like uh, an interviewer. I don't know why they keep doing this in the backgrounds of cameras. Like I know you're you're waiting for pen uh, for the pen talk like media, but boys, please be smarter than that. Do not fight in front of like hundreds of cameras. They are not focused on you, but you know you're being seen. Like you know that people are gonna see you in the background, especially when you're Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. If you are in the frame, eyes will be on you. Anyway, like all the time. So that was very nerve wracking for me. Um, it was itching my brain, and I was like, Car- "Is Carlos kind of losing his um his mental strength? Like he seems more angry." Um, this season like he seems very very angry this season with Ferrari and very disappointed and he's very vocal about it and I'm really scared about him being vocal because I don't think Ferrari gives a shit if like they will kick him out if he says too much things like that are negative about Ferrari because Ferrari does care about like this um, this image of being a family and like Forza Ferrari, wherever you are, whatever you do, Forza Ferrari, and like you'll always be a Ferrari fan in a way. Like it, there is this kind of um atmosphere uh, surrounding Ferrari, and I don't think they accept. I mean, any no team is happy when they see their drivers throwing shade at them. Um, with the medias, but I think Ferrari is one of the top team to be like, you better not try to be smarter than us in a way, like, you know. So, yeah. Now, the race on itself, um, the race was chaos, and the race was so entertaining that I didn't take, um, I, I mean, I took barely notes about the race because it was so entertaining and so crazy to watch. I was so into it. Like, Lando taking Paul from Max before the first corner, I started to shout and like I was going again mental in my living room and it like he kept the lead of the race for like seven laps. It seems not a lot, but it is a lot, especially when you're a McLaren fighting against a Red Bull. Like... I was, I was shitting my pants. I was so scared, and I was also so scared because I, we all knew that Max will overtake Lando at some point. But I was so scared that with the pressure, Lando got go like all fussy and like, poof, he's he's spinning, you know, like. I would have. I don't know how would how would I react if that happened. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't know how my brain could have processed an event like that. Oscar being a fucking menace, but in the good way for for Red Bull. Like, he actually almost took the lead. And even Lando himself said that if the, the straights was longer, um, was a bit longer before turn one, Lando, um, Oscar would have been like Paul because he had a better start than him. But because they had, like, to break and he was more placed on the inside, um, the other, like, Max and Oscar had to break before him and in order to not 
do straight in, <laughs> like a straight, going straight and not turning. So yeah, I think that just is marvelous. I'm so happy for Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. I don't know why I said that so weirdly, but yeah, Oscar, I'm so happy for him. Um, as I told you, I love Oscar. I, uh, I was, I was. The thing is, like, it it took me time to actually love Oscar just because of like not just because but kind of like the Alpine stuff never really I never really got it and I I think the, the like just the, the way the tweet was written is still for me very disrespectful for a team that has done a lot for you so I was kind of like I love his, the man like I love I loved him in during his Prema era I was watching all the YouTube videos and I loved the guy in Formula 2 I didn't follow him in Formula 3 but Formula 2 like I I, I just love the guy but I was just like ooh that's an ick yeah, exactly that that was the thing I was I had an ick for Oscar for a long time at the beginning of the Formula 1 season and during the summer of like 2022, I had an ick for him. And I was just like, ew, what would you say that? And and yeah, um, but now that I'm back in the Oscar train, I mean, I never left the Oscar train. I was just in like, in, in, in vacation. I was having some holidays away and now I'm back at it. And I was already back at it, like at like, race three honestly i was already back at it anyway um so yeah oscar almost took the lead and i was so proud and so happy for him i was hoping he would be on the podium but they fuck him up with the tire strategy and he got unlucky with the safety car which is such a shame like really such a shame um yeah also the safety car was um because why is it Hulkenberg cars that caught into fire? Um, yeah, the thing is, like, during this race, the start was intense um, at the lead. And I was focusing on, like, when is, like, how is Lando going to keep up with, like, going to keep up his pace. And then, <sighs> sorry, um, I saw Max overtaking Oscar. I, because Max was P3 at some point. I do believe that Oscar was P2 or, or was he in a, in a McLaren sandwich? I don't remember exactly. But yeah, um, I was just watching him intently, intensely what was happening. And then I got caught up in the midfield battle with Pierre, Alonso, um, all that shenanigans. And I was just like, ooh, come on, Pierre, just... Because Pierre, also Pierre was so close from Alonso during the whole race, Pierre. And I was screaming at my, at my screen like, Pierre, just overtook him already. Just go, just throw yourself at it. But I mean, it's Fernando Alonso and Fernando Alonso, you don't really know. The, ma the man will not let you, like the open door might not be really an open door and might be a trap for just kick you out and you're done. So I understand he's like, he was doubting and like not really going for it, but uh, that was frustrating. And that's not even the most frustrating thing because um, lap two or three, 
Esti-Besti retired the car. Oh, Esteban, no! Got an hydraulic problem with his car. And I was like, no, Esteban, why? Why? Why you? Not now. Not you, Esteban. I was so sad. That was the first hit in the head that I got. Like, first headshot, pa. But I still got up again for some reason. I managed to survive to the first headshot, which was him retiring the car. Um, yeah, that was. That was that was the first. Yeah, the first, the first, the first shot in my head, and there is multiple shots coming. But I should have started to feel more. More like less confident about how happy I would be at the end of the race because I mean that was kind of like the, the beginning of the end for me and my favorite driver and the team that I support because there was this midfield battle Pierre Alonso Hamilton uh, who kept getting places and places but there was also a little man named George Russell that was fighting his life on soft to get Charles Leclerc. And I was so anxious. Like, I was... I, I, I wanted to disappear. I was so scared. And I was like, oh no, I don't like when one driver is being chased by the other. I mean, you love when it's your favorite driver chasing another driver. Like, I loved Pierre chasing Alonso. But when it's the other way around, it's not funny anymore. When it was George Russell chasing Charles, I was like, no, please, Charles, go faster. And you, George, just completely pushed, push completely flat out on the brake. Please, be nice, be nice, George. And he was getting closer and closer and closer. And, oh, terrifying. It felt like, you know, like in, in um, what's the name of that movie? Wait. Like the shark goes like no 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 rack and that was that rack I'm really tired rack I don't know where did that sound came on um Jaws that's the movie Jaws it it George Russell was the this shark and. Charles Leclerc was the beautiful lady swimming in the sea and then being chased by a goddamn shark. No, 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 That was how I was feeling <laughs> during the whole chasing moment. And like, and also like the fact that um, Charles was also losing pace and uh, terrifying, terrifying, terrifying. Carlos got overtook so quickly by George, by the way, because P4, P5 for Ferrari boys and P6 for George. And George, first turn, say bye. Ciao ragazzo. Carlos, see you later, bro. And just went through it. I mean, George is so good at starts. It is insane how he's always at least um, gaining one spot. Like, he is always at least gaining one spot on the grid at the start. Like, he is so good. Speaking of George, he made a remake a remake of Barcelona, where he was like, oh, there is rain 
like there is rain and they were like okay George and later like I don't know exactly how it was there but he was like no I can see it like nobody was kind of believing it like it was it felt like he was like it's rain and like everyone in like the the, the pit wall and like the, the Mercedes garage was like yeah sure George yeah Mm-mm-mm-mm. sure sure man yeah he was like no I can see it on my visor that's exactly why I said on the I can see I can see the drops on my visor and I was like not the sweat again George not again with the sweat. We it, it 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 cannot happen like that. It's like the the kid who was screaming about the wolf. I made a translation out of French, and I don't know if like this saying um, exists in France, but it's in, in in other places in France. I mean, I believe it does, but I don't know if it's exactly like that. But it's like about a kid that would scream one time there is a wolf there is a wolf but actually it's not true and then he keeps doing it again and again and again and that one time there is actually a a wolf um attacking him and he's screaming for the wolf nobody comes to help him and he dies basically yeah that's that's a story that you tell to the french kids no wonder why well (laughs) why we all fucking mad all the time story that we have is like about a kid being murdered by a wolf because he screamed for the wolf way too many times and now no one believes him. <laughs> you say this to kids when they're lying or like putting so much drama with something like don't like don't scream for the wolf when there is no wolf like nobody will believe you afterwards like don't lie and that was exactly what was happening in the Mercedes garage. They were like, yeah, sure. Rain, George. Mm-hmm. Of course, Georgie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Sure, man. There is, there is rain. I was like, no, but I can see it on my visor. I promise it's not sweats. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this will follow him until the end of his life. Um. Yeah. Um, let's continue through the race. Yeah, the George Charles battle really got me sick. And then, sick in the stomach. And then they start, they decided to do, like, to bring Charles, Charles in in order to put him on heart. And, and, then, and then he got fucked up by the safety car because um, Magnuson or... Oh, Nico Hulkenberg decided to start a, a fucking barbecue on track again, just like in Australia. Uh, George decided, like, it's a trend, it's a trend sent, set, set by the trend setter himself, George Russell. Um, he started in Australia. Pierre continued in Baku. And now it was turned to the Hass boys. Um, one of the Hass boys, I don't remember if it was Nico or or K-Mag, they were like, yeah, let's bring up the barbecue again, woohoo, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was, like, that, th- th- then there was, yeah, yellow flag, and the, m- the people that were mainly fucked were, um, Oscar, and someone else got fucked by that safety car, Oscar got fucked, Carlos got fucked, Charles got fucked by the tire strategy because they put him on hearts way too early in the goddamn race. So 
during the safety car, he went back in the pit to get mediums, I think, yeah. But then he lost time again, and he was, like, three times in the, in, in the pit lane, where, whereas everyone was, like, once or twice. So that was crazy, and that was fucking painful. And then, yeah, they got stuck in the traffic, like, um, after a safety car, and for the rest of the race, Carlos, Charles were all around the same place. Carlos got violated on national TV by being overtook, um, overtaken like by three cars in, in once like one car passed through like one car passed by, <laughs> by Carlos second car by Carlos and then his child by Carlos like they all passed him, at the same time with an interval of like five seconds and I was like that, wow you must be very very strong mentally to. Like, get this information, take it in, try to, like, loosen up, try to, like, like get, get into your system and then continue to race. Because I would either um, put my car in the wall or push the throttle until I hit the car of the people that actually overtook me. Again, another proof that I couldn't be a racing, <laughs> racing driver. Anyway, um... So yeah, that was the, that moment, and Pierre was one of the cars that overtook um, Carlos, and for some reason, Lance felt like it was unfair, so he took Pierre out, <laughs> that little bastard, <laughs> took Pierre out. Jokes aside, it was no one's fault. It was no, no one's fault. Oh, and Pierre was the last one to overtake Carlos. And Carlos was like, no, I can accept being overtaken by George. I can accept being overtaken by Charles. But if that goddamn little baguette tried to overtake me, I will not let it go. So he overtook Pierre. And we're going to talk about the drama between... That's the, that's the origin story of the drama between Pierre and Carlos. So Pierre overtook Carlos. The la- he was the last one in the three cars in a row. Like, the- he was the third car to overtake <laughs> Carlos. And Carlos was like, hey, no way, baguette. No way. You're not getting through it. So he overtook um, Pierre again, which kind of saved his honor in a way. So he overtook Pierre, and he they, they were kind of close. And, like, Pierre... He was not squeezed. Like, it hurts to say that the French is wrong in this situation. Pierre was a bit dramatic, I must say. He was a bit dramatic about being squeezed. Because he was not really squeezed, honestly. If we if we look at the footage, he was not very squeezed. Anyway, and because the man can... Because, yeah, the French can catch a break. Just after he kind of like went back into pace and wasn't that far from Carlos, fucking Lance Stroll decided to just take take Pierre out. He was like, no. Um, he he developed an incredible bond with Carlos. He was like, nope, you're not taking him. Like you're not gonna pass him again. Poof, by by Pierre, he hit his like um, um, rear. It was his left left tire, like his left rear, I think. But yeah, and also like 
Um, like, like I said, there is actually, it's no one's fault in terms of like Pierre and Len's accident. It's no one's fault. Like, I think Pierre genuinely didn't see him and Lens, I mean, Lens is a fucking terrorist. Like, he doesn't check his room. He, I don't know why we call George, like, like why people call George the, ther- the terrorist, whereas, like, Lens is actually a menace. And he's actually, ha- like, he did the same with Charles in Australia. Like, the man doesn't check his surrounding. He has, like, I hope also George was talking about him when it comes about, like, self-awareness on the track. Because Lens has none. He is in negative 100 in terms of self-awareness. The guy doesn't look at any of his mirrors. He doesn't look in like on the side. He just goes straight and remember the track and be like, I need to turn here. If there is a car, not my problem. I need to turn here. That's the only thing. Like that, that, That's the thing with Lens. Um, so yeah, um, that, that, was, that, was, that, was the, that was intense. And I was like, that was the last headshot in, in my head. First Esteban, then the Ferrari starting P4 and P5, and they're stuck in fucking P9 and P10, or P8 and P9, I don't remember. So that, that was fucking painful. Second headshot, tire strategy with Shao, Carlos being overtaken three times in a row, like that, that was another headshot for me, like in, in the middle of my two eyes. And then the last one was, yeah, Pierre being, like, needs to DNF because of fucking Lance Stroll. <sighs> for fuck's sake, Lance, I've been defending you for weeks now. And that's how you're thinking me? My God. Jesus Christ. Fucking Lance Stroll. <laughs> also, Lance was, like, at an interview. Um, oh, yeah, also... Um, um, what did I want to say? Oh, yeah. During the yellow flag, all the cars... No, nobody cares about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's kind of it for the race. P1 Max, P2 Lando, P3 Hamilton. Uh, I told you he kept passing cars and cars and cars during the whole race. I was so happy. I'm so glad to have two British on the podium. But now we need to get into the post-race interviews because they were all mental. Everything was going, like, it was mental. I was losing it. My eyes could not keep up. First of all, I don't know who it was, but we were having an interview of someone. And it, it was being interviewed by the French TV. And in the background of that fucking video, we could see Charles and Carlos having an argument. And, like, they were having a heated discussion. And, you know, you can tell by the, 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 the way they were interacting with each other. It wasn't like in, in Miami when they came out of the car and were like talking about what the fuck the car was so bad in Miami. And they were like both complaining about the car and they were all desperate. Like this, you can tell, like you can see the difference between being desperate and complaining about the same thing and being in a fight and complaining with each other. It was very like the Australian, um, if you guys remember the, the post, exactly the same condition also, post-quality interviews for Australia and here it was post-race interview for Silverstone and they were in the background f- bickering in a way and like being in a heated argument. I was like, no, 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 
don't fight. Girls, stop fighting. You need to stop fighting. And that was only the beginning. Because also, second point before I came, I, I explained the, the most important point of it. Second point, Lance Stroll in an interview said to the, when, he, when he was asked about the, the incident between him and Pierre, he said, um, I'll just wait with Pierre, I'll wait for Pierre on the parking so we can have a chat about it. <laughs> Who are you? Who the fuck are you? Sorry, Luke Luke. Like, who are you? He thought he was a cowboy? Like, he wanted to play the cowboy? Like, Lance, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're not in a Western movie. It felt like, you know, there is like this new cowboy in town and like the, the old cowboy is like, this is my territory, not yours. Let's meet on the parking lot. <laughs> and let's have... <laughs> Let's have a fucking duel. <laughs> I want to see a movie with Lance Stroll in a cowboy trying to fight Pierre. <laughs> because they're also very, both of them are very tiny. I mean, in my word, because I'm a very tall person. So yeah, both of them are very tiny. It would make hilarious. Fucking hilarious. We have no news, by the way, about that chat in the parking lot. I think Lance is still waiting. Because, obviously, Pierre has other people to fight with. Because, like... Oh, my God. That was crazy. Um, so, Carlos was being interviewed by the Spanish TV. So, yeah, um... So Carlos was doing his Spanish, like he was having a, an a, um, an interview in Spanish with like the Spanish TV, and he was like, just you know, doing his own stuff and like minding his own business and answering questions. And then Pierre goes behind him, and says like, like, kind of I don't know if he poked Carlos, but it seems like he kind of like. Nudge a bit aggressively, Pierre. And he was like, Don't push me like that or don't squeeze me like that. I don't know which one was it, but like they are both like we can hear both. Don't squeeze me, don't push me, I don't know. But in the end it's like the same message, like don't do this to me, like don't just don't. And he just walks away and like Carlos turned around, he's a bit stunned, like he's like too stunned to speak. He's like, uh, like, what? What does he mean? And then he recollect himself from the surprise. Like he, he put on the again a mask and goes like, pobrecito. Which means, um, my my poor like, poor baby in a way like, huh, poor sweetheart, did I squeeze you? Huh, like this kind of thing, you know. Like this kind of like, oh, did you got hurt? <laughs> and then the interviewer said something in Spanish to Carlos saying like, oh, well, we didn't see that incident. Well, she didn't say incident with, um, with Pierre. Like he said, like, yeah, we didn't see what happened with Pierre. And Carlos said, me neither. So, um, <laughs> that's great. Let's do Canada Canadian Grand Prix all over again. Because I wasn't clear enough that yet. Stop fighting, Carlos and Pierre. Because I am 
just as much a fan of both of you. And I don't know which side I need to take. Like, what the fuck? And yesterday, when I'm I'm recording this, oh my god, I have a eyelash. I need to make a wish. <sighs> okay, my wish is done. Uh, so, <laughs> I was thinking so hard about what I wanted to wish for. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Um, anyway... So, um, anyway, so I need to find another sentence because that's annoying to hear me keeping saying this in, in repeat. So what, what I was saying is that, um, that, oh, yesterday, yeah, 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 yesterday, Pierre posted multiple stories, but two that are very interesting, which are on boards of the incident with Carlos, which honestly, Pierre, let it go again. But I mean, I'm, I'm just like him. I told you I hold grudge and I didn't realize that was such a French thing to hold grudge. <laughs> I think we finally know why I hate Helmut Marco that much. It's just a French thing. Holding grudges is just so French, apparently, because Pierre cannot let it go as much as I cannot let go most of my arguments with people. I had I have trouble to move on. So I kind of like I relate with Pierre, but come on. Pierre it is racing cars. Like of course if he has the occasion he's gonna overtook you. And I don't understand why I feel like Pierre blames Carlos for the incident with Lance. As if because he was squeezed, he lost like his a bit of balance with his car and that's why he got so close to Lance and I mean Lance being Lance, of course he was not going to avoid Pierre but just hit him right in the tires, right in the rear end. But um, but yeah, it, it seems like Pierre is blaming Carlos for like squeezing him um, in that like it was an inside line. I don't even remember the term, but I think it was an inside line. It was either Pierre would break or he would be out out of the, the, the limits. Like he would have to run, run out and go back on the track, which is not allowed, obviously. So that was that was a bit weird. And, um, and I guess like, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, it was a, maybe a bit of a bitchy move, but it wasn't a dangerous move. And even on the onboards, when I looked at them in, like, Pierre's story, I was like, that that doesn't seem that bad, Pierre. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to, like, I was about, <laughs> I thought a second sending him a DM and be like, Pierre, please take it off. Please, this is not putting you, like, it is not bring you like more like nobody's gonna watch the story and be like oh my god the man is so right what the fuck no we like everyone had the same reaction even me the biggest french defender that you can find out on tiktok like i'm the biggest esteban defender and also pierre defender like french drivers are my protege they can do no wrong and we all know that um i've done multiple tiktoks about how much i defend i will defend until my last breath esteban and pierre but this is this is just for your own good, because I only wish you the best. Take the story off, Pierre. <laughs> and um, and uh, around the same time, Carlos <laughs> put 
a fucking selfie of him at the gym, as he loves to do, apparently. Um, he's in his whore era, even if apparently he has a new girlfriend, I don't know. We'll talk about this next week, because we have a lot of drama that I kept on the side, um, just to do um, a special episode about them um, when there is no race, which is the case right now. We are not doing a race week, because Hungarian Grand Prix is again next weekend. But yeah, um, like he put like a hot selfie with like um, doing sport in the summer be like with like 34 degrees and like he was full of sweat but he ha- his hair still looked marvelous and him looks like so like I don't know Carlos just training <laughs> it's like I was like oh my god the man shows violence if we thought Pierre shows violence Carlos is even more choosing violence because while Pierre is still not letting this go and making apparently Lance wait on a parking lot packing Silverstone on his own. Um, Carlos is just there, like, training, like, nothing happening. And, like, who gives a shit? But I must say, and this is the point that I realized today, just before recording this episode, and I'm really mad, is that after posting the stories, Pierre had to put his dump for the Silverstone Grand Prix. And he had to delete the option to leave a comment under the dump because of all the insults and harassing he was like suffering from um, his story probably and I mean I don't approve the stories but who do you think you are you don't know Carlos personally you don't know Pierre personally you don't know anything you don't know them you don't know no one so you have no fucking right to actually go there and insult a driver and harass one of the drivers. This is so not okay. And it's even worse because Pierre, I don't know how to explain without being a bit rude or like trying to um, psych- psychoanalyze someone that I actually don't know. But Pierre is one of the drivers that doesn't give a shit. Maybe it's just in a, f- a, f- a face that he pulls out. And I'm pretty sure it is his way of protecting himself. Just like anyone that actually pretends he doesn't give a shit. Like, I pretend I don't give a shit. I mean, sometimes I genuinely don't give a shit. But sometimes I just pretend I don't give a shit. Because I know it annoys people even more. And I think Pierre is one of these drivers that actually don't give a shit if people like him or not. Like, he doesn't really care. He loves the attention. In both case. So, if he is at a point where he needs to take off his comment section, that's insane. Everyone needs to chill the fuck down. Like, no drivers, none of the drivers should, like, have to do this. We're in 2023. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, this is so weird and so embarrassing for everyone in this community. Like, no one thinks you're cool if you go like, Oh, you fucking bastard French men in the comments. You're not cool. You will never be cool. You're not funny. And you're not a troll. Because there is like... I, I Like, this is not... 
I think people don't have layers because making f- having like a little sarcastic comment in like the comments in, of one of the drivers it's actually very funny like it's like when Oaken posted a picture and some people were like oh you went on holiday with Mick Schumacher plus five second penalty for you Ocon that's funny that's funny that's okay I like that joke but insulting a driver out of nowhere this is not this is not funny and not like nothing is funny with that nothing is a joke nothing is cool with that so yeah go fuck yourself if you're one of these trolls and haters in the comment that push drivers to actually delete their comment se- section fuck you and you don't know carlos saints and i think by carlos stories we can all assume that Carlos is doing amazing and he's totally fine. He doesn't seem too shaken up by two onboards video from Pierre Gasly. Okay? So get a fucking life and stop being trying to be like the defense the defender of someone. Like I'm the defender of Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, but I don't I'm not rude to any other drivers. I don't go in the comments of one driver and be like fuck you or like being mean of course in the podcast i say like fuck you (laughs) fuck you lens for taking out pierre but we all know it is like i would never have the nerve to actually put it in the comment section first of all and also like i don't i generally don't hate lens troll or generally don't hate like anyone or don't hate like there is no real feelings out there. Like, I don't feel hate over someone. Like, I don't have a problem with Lenstrom. I actually love the guy. Or I don't have a problem with Nick DeVries. Like, I'm saying it to picture and make you understand how I'm feeling in that moment. But, like, I, it's not going to change my life. Like, I don't feel like that... Like, that... Attacked, like, if you felt attacked, that's the thing, if you felt attacked by Pierre Gasly's stories, and if you're, and if you're not Carlos Sainz, then this is not alright, I hope you do realize that, that it's not alright. Anyway, I'm very, very mad um, about that, and yeah, if you want to defend your favorite driver, praise your favorite driver, don't try to take down the other drivers, because that's not okay. I'll be the defender until my last breath of Esteban and Pierre because I'll keep putting proof out there that they are actually the sweetest soul alive and they are the best out there. Like Esti Besti is the man, the sweetest and the most genuine man in this sport. And I'll keep trying to prove it to you guys by being nice and showing how Esteban is cute and nice and amazing and should be more appreciated. But I will never be there shooting in people's heads. Um, or like putting mean comments just to make Esteban look better like that's ridiculous and if you're doing this please stop because that's so not alright you have no right to do that because you don't know Carlos Sainz and you'll never know him spoiler alert anyway let's try to keep it down I am getting very mad <laughs> because I'm French and I can't let things go <laughs> <laughs> that was the proof that it is definitely a French thing. It is a French thing. 
So yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you had a great time. I hope I made you laugh or at least put a little smile on your face. Um, have a nice week and nice weekend without Formula One. We'll see each other next week for the my special gossip episode. I'm very excited to film that podcast because I have a lot of things to talk about. And yeah, it will be just before the Hungarian Grand Prix. So yeah, see you next week, guys. A bientôt.